Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here on the podcast show itself. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit today, probably not as much as uh, yesterday's episode, but um, just kind of uh, dive in into our favorite subject of always, which is mobile smartphones. Um, so today I'm going to talk about the Pixel 1 receiving its last um security patch update as going forward the pixel one will no longer be supported by google and we're just going to kind of reminisce down memory lane about the pixel one the uh one that started it all for the pixel brand switching over from the nexus device and then it's going to be basically a free-for-all open topic after that um so whatever pops into my mind i'll just kind of just jump right into it and so yeah let's just kick off the show and so if you're a proud owner of a Pixel or Pixel XL, the very first of its um, line of devices, then it's going to be sad for you guys to know that Google will no longer be supporting the Pixel or Pixel XL, which, I mean, it, it is kind of a sad state because it was kind of cool seeing it um, continued support. Uh, however, if you guys didn't know, the Pixel and Pixel XL weren't actually supposed to be getting Android 10. Uh, that was something that Google decided to go ahead and, and do. So it extended the life of the Pixel and Pixel XL. So they ended up getting, uh, you know, another major OS update. But on top of that, um, it continued to get security patches up until this month, December 2019. So if you guys are wondering why last month there was no security patch update for the Pixel and Pixel XL, um, the reason it was was because the December patch was going to be the final patch that uh, the device would get. And um, going forward, it's no longer going to be supported. Now, this is kind of sad because for argument's sake, a lot of people really kind of compare the Pixel to Apple's iPhone. Um, when the Pixel first launched, there were a lot of high hopes for this only because people were like looking at Google saying, okay, finally, they're going to step into the hardware game. They're going to build their own uh, smartphone and be able to go head to head with Apple and their iPhone. As everyone knows, Apple pretty much does everything in-house, right? Software is, de is developed in-house. Hardware is developed in-house. Um, they have pretty much like most of the control for what goes on in the app store and things like that. So people were, were expecting the pixel to be that for Google, but in a very different way, in a way that's still open source and open for, um, you know, developers and just uh, aspiring coders and things like that, just to kind of play around with. Now, considering that Apple has a track record of keeping their past devices up to date. The most recent device to fall off the supported devices by Apple has been the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. So if you have an iPhone 6S all the way up to the latest iPhone 11 and 11 Pros, then you pretty much have the latest version of iOS on there, which is, I believe, iOS um, uh, 2.3.2, something like that. Um, well, iOS 13.2.3.2, something like that, uh, of that nature. But... Um, that's from the iPhone 6S all the way up to the iPhone 11. So as you can see, Apple pretty much keeps a lot of their devices up to date. Whereas if you look at um, Google and the Pixel, they kind of did that with the Pixel and Pixel XL, but kind of not. 
you know, if you think about it. Um, the Google Pixel and Pixel XL dropped in uh, the year 2016. So it's about, it's, you know, over three years old already so far. As in 2017, we saw the Pixel 2. Uh, 2018, we saw the Pixel 3. And in 2019, we saw the 3A and the Pixel 4. So as we're seeing this trend with Google kind of bringing in, you know, a mid-range series, which is the A series, and then their normal series, um, which is obviously the Pixel 4 and the Pixel 3 and, you know, their main flagships. Um, we were kind of hoping that the Pixel and Pixel XL would continue to be supported going forward. But um, who knows exactly the, the real reason why Google is no longer going to support it. You know, it just could be that, you know, the hardware itself is pretty much outdated for what Android 10 and, you know, what Android 11 may bring. Um, especially we're at the dawn of 5G, we're at the dawn of just new technology coming in that um, they're probably just at this point where it's like, you know, it's gotten all the, um, all the attention that it could get at this point going forward. Um, you know, it's just going to be it. So what I intend to do with my Pixel and my Pixel XL is frame them both. They were the start of um, Google, Google kind of pushing into the market bringing their own hardware because prior to the pixel line was nexus but while people can say that nexus and pixel are the same thing they're really not as nexus was google's um joint adventure with a particular company that they sought out to develop the hardware so that way they can showcase their software as if most people don't know this by now android under google google is a software company that's where they really look at it. Like their main bread and butter is advertisement, but for what they produce that they're really good at doing is software. So we look at things like Android and Chrome OS, and then of course the anticipated project Fuchsia, these things are software based. When we looked at why the pixels do so well, as far as um, still photography is because of software and AI machine learning, you know, the ability to correct the um, imperfections in photos taken with the Pixel devices. So, um, yeah, kind of sad to say, but you know what? The Pixel and Pixel XL had a great run. They're currently on, on Android 10, and which is the latest version of Android. So you have an entire year, well, not yet, well, a little bit less than a year, um, until the next version of Android comes out. But... If you are a Pixel and Pixel XL owner, don't let that um, put you down. Let me just tell you guys this. There's a ton of developers on XDA. And if you've already basically unlocked the bootloader of your Pixel or Pixel XL, and you've already installed something such as Twerp Recovery or Team, uh, yeah, TWRP, um, if you've installed that on your device, your device is rooted, then you have a clear shot at, at, at installing Android 11 going forward because there's going to be development for this phone going forward. You would just have to, you know, basically do the, the updating yourself, um, which is, you know, cool that there are people who will take the time to build a version of Android 11 for the Pixel and the Pixel XL. You just have to look for it. So even though it's not going to be officially supported by Google anymore, it is going to most most definitely have an Android 11 version for it. You just have to flash it onto your device. And um, yeah, so 
not really much to be sad about or to frown about, in my opinion, at least. And a lot of these tutorials on, um, you know, how to install a custom ROM are very simple and easy to follow. There's also a ton of YouTube videos that will walk you through it step by step. So it's not like you're really going to this blind if you attempt to try and do this. Now let's talk about some of the concerns and worries that people have regarding Pixel devices as it's been um, basically reported that, you know, the Pixel 3s, which did great last year, obviously upon release, are starting to show their age. And it's kind of too soon for a device like the Pixel 3 to start showing its age. As a matter of fact, you know, it's um, a little over a year old. And, you know, with most flagship devices, you at least get about two years out of them before they start to show their age, which is a concern if Google is taking this hardware side of things seriously. And what I mean by that is, is that a lot of people are starting to notice with the Pixel 3s that the audios from the speakers is a lot lower than what it was when they first got it right out the box with Android 9. Uh, a lot of people are noticing that the still photos are not coming out as crisp as they did when you first took your very first photo with a Pixel 3, you know, when, when you first got it over a year ago. And these are some of the concerns that people are having because especially with the photo taking abilities, that is what the Pixel basically is like highlighted for, still photography. You know, last year, one of the biggest things that was introduced when it came to the Pixel 3, when it dropped, was night sight, the ability to take photos in very, very low lighting and still get a brightened up photo with detail. And it was so good that every other company had to copy it afterwards. You had Samsung come out with their own. OnePlus came out with their own. Um, even the iPhone this year, the iPhone 11, came out with their own. And um, it goes to show like, you know, Google pretty much hit, hit the bullseye when it came to that. But now when you take photos with the Pixel 3, it seems like um, it's lost its ability to really kind of refine those photos so that they look good when you um, when you look at them in, uh, in the viewfinder or when you send them off to people to check out or if you upload them to Instagram or whatever. Like the photos don't look as crisp. And I have a theory that it's the placebo effect. You know, I tend to think that the Pixel 3 photos looked really sharp um, when they first came out. But now it's kind of hard for you to see how sharp those photos came when just about every other competitor has pretty much caught up to it. Like Samsung and their cameras have caught up to it. And, you know, the iPhone has caught up to it. OnePlus has caught up to it. Um, you know, some Motorola devices has. And, you know, you, you have to think, like, when these devices are getting better and better, then they kind of close the gap between uh, them and a competitor that has basically taken two steps forward. So I think that's the reason why people are experiencing this when it comes to the still photography from the Pixel 3. But you also have to keep in mind and remember this, that a lot of the phones that compete against the Pixel 3 and still photography are using either two or three camera sensors, whereas the Pixel 3 did it with just one camera sensor, which is what the Pixel 3 was basically boasting about when it first released, was that it could take very good photos, still photography photos, without the need of a secondary or a triple lens setup. It had one lens in the back. Now for the Pixel 3, it had two lenses in the front for the selfie camera for a wide angle and a normal portrait shot. Um, this year with the Pixel 4, it has two sensors on the back, two camera sensors. One is a basically a normal wide angle sensor. 
The other one is a telephoto. And while people are still complaining in the fact that the Pixel 4 did not have an ultra-wide angle, um, a lot of people who are actually using the Pixel 4 are now understanding the reason why Google did not implement an ultra-wide angle. Now, it doesn't mean that an ultra-wide angle shouldn't be on the Pixel 4, but they're understanding why that they didn't go with that option and instead went ahead with the telephoto. And the one main reason why the Pixel 4 has a telephoto lens and then a, a regular uh, wide-angle uh, lens is that their idea was for an ultra-res zoom shot, being able to zoom to a certain specific location from where you're standing and get a photo that is actually sharp and refined. And let's face it, while people want to deny the fact where everyone wants to jump on the bandwagon of ultra-wide angle and say ultra-wide angle is absolutely needed, we don't need telephoto, but when you're in a position where you can't go past a certain barrier, but you want to get a clear shot of something that's probably, uh, let's say, hypothetically speaking, about 1,500 yards away, uh, you want to be able to zoom with your camera. And that zoom shot you want to get, you don't want a lot of noise. You don't want a lot of distortion. You don't want a lot of uh, blur. You want to be able to get a refined, sharp you know, photo from where you're standing zooming in. And that's the reason why the Pixel 4, along with Google's decision to put a telephoto lens in there, is to be able to get you that sharp zoom uh, photo without it being distorted. Because if you were to take any smartphone today, you know, you know, like any old one, something that was like two years old, maybe a year old, and you were to zoom into something and take a photo without having to play around with pro mode, right? So this is just straight up pop open camera, point and shoot. Um, your photo is not going to be as refined as it will be with Google implementing its AI technology that it's used for night sight to fix and correct imperfections in a zoom shot, then yeah, you're going to get a pretty stellar shot with ultra res zoom. So um, with the, with the cameras and everything, you know, it, it still comes down to that as in, um, you know, what are we seeing today versus, you know, what it was last year. So the pixel three, in my opinion, I think still takes decent uh, still photography shots. Now, the one thing I am concerned about is the audio because my Pixel 3 is actually suffering from that. When you have two front-firing speakers that used to sound really good with bass and clarity, but now that you're listening to sounds out of it, it sounds a bit muffled. It almost makes me want to take open the Pixel 3 and see if maybe I got some dust or something inside where the speaker thing is at. Um, but I'm honestly thinking that it's a software issue thing. And I have sent feedback and report to Google letting them know about it. And hopefully that they'll actually fix this. I may attempt to try and find some sort of audio booster app that can amplify the sound, see if that's the case, but uh, who knows? Um, we'll see. But again, you know, with the Pixel 3s and its, and its, you know, its photo capabilities, it's just that other uh, companies have caught up to it. That's the way I see it and the way I look at it. And um, yeah, so, I mean, it's an opinion to each his own. And so finally, Google Stadia is out. If you guys are um, willing to try it, you guys can pretty much pick up the Google Stadia, um, the, uh, what do you call it? The gamepad. Uh, <laughs> you guys can pick up the gamepad and try it out for yourselves. Now, uh, what I noticed is that Google Stadia is not getting the type of hype that I'm assuming Google wanted uh, on launch date. When they did tell us about cloud gaming and they did show us a demo, I believe at Google I.O. 
this this year, Google Google I/O 2019. Uh, I thought it was pretty interesting and cool to see that um, we were going to have a cloud best a cloud based gaming. Basically, what that means, if you're not um, understanding, is that all these games are going to be held on cloud. And you're going to be able to access these games through Stadia to be able to play them on any of your Google devices uh, without actually having to have a, a hard copy of the game or a main console to connect to a TV. So the Stadia controller is the console. It pretty much is. And you can switch in between any of your um, your Android Chrome OS devices to be able to continue playing. So let's say you're playing a game on your smart TV at home. Well, you're about to head off to work. You're going to take the train. So in the meantime, you pause your game from your smart TV. You pick up your Android device and you continue gaming on from there and you grab your bag and your stuff and you head out the door. Um, So you're gaming on your phone, continuing where you left off. And then when you get to where you're going, you want to go ahead and play on your Chromebook. So you pause the game on your Android device, open your Chromebook, log into it, access Stadia, and continue from when you left off. So it seamlessly transfers from one hardware to another without the need of like, you know, inserting a memory card or downloading any more information. It just instantaneously picks up from where you left off. This is the brilliance of cloud gaming. But there are those who are skeptics of it. And of course, Apple released uh, Apple Arcade, which is a bit different. It's not cloud-based gaming. It's just a subscription service to be able to download some games that are on um, iOS. Now, there are some games on iOS that are exclusive to Apple Arcade and will not make its way to Android. Uh, Smart move by Apple to get people to be interested in Apple Arcade, but it's not cloud-based gaming. And it's really weird that people are um, confusing the two. Like, I see people all the time, they're like, why get Google Stadia when you can get Apple Arcade and then you can stream your game from anywhere? Like, uh, no, not necessarily. Apple Arcade is just a collection of games on iOS, kind of like Google Play Pass, but nothing, um, you know, it's kind of similar to that. So with Stadia, everything is not on the gamepad controller. It's not saved on the hard drive of your smart TV or your hard drive of your Chromebook, or on your Android device. It's cloud. It's cloud access. Now, people are like, well, how does cloud access work? Is there anything else similar to this cloud access you're talking about? Well, visible wireless. Mobile phone service that's cloud-based. That's what makes visible wireless so different from other prepaid carriers out there, is that it's cloud-based. So um, it is possible to streamline from cloud, without having anything really um, downloaded and consuming part of your internal storage on your hardware. And I think why this is not really pulling off like Google would hope, one, I would have to say definitely the fact is, is that how reliable is it? You know, they tell you like what kind of internet service you got to at least have to be able to have a, a decent experience with Stadia. And so that's one of the biggest problems is because today a lot of people are relying on mobile hotspot from their Android device or their, or their iPhone to give them home internet. Not a lot of people want to sign up and subscribe to home internet service from any other internet service provider. You know, it's one of the craziest things. And, you know, like as much as I've um, debated with people about this, where it's like, it's pretty much 
um, not the greatest internet experience to be using your your cell phone data as home internet service because of the hotspot you get, um, you should always try to get home internet service. Now, there are various different ones that you can do. Obviously, these days, since net neutrality went down, that internet service providers have become very greedy, and so it costs more to have home internet service. But there is companies such as T-Mobile that's trying to rectify that with T-Mobile Home Internet, which basically, um, you know, it gives you an allotted amount of um, of high speed internet, and it's fifty dollars flat rate a month. So, but will that suffice for Google Stadia? So that's one of the big problems. The other one is the game titles that Google Stadia currently has right now supported. So that could play a big issue at hand because if there's a bunch of of titles that no one's really known, it's not going to to pick up popularity. Like people judge books by their covers real quickly. Like people just like see a game and they're, they're not willing to keep an open mind and try it. They see a game and they look at the cover of the title and they're like, eh, it doesn't seem so good. Um, makes them want to, you know, not, not even play the game. And that, that could be very, very painful for Stadia, especially when there are some games that no one's ever heard of that are actually really good games, but no one wants to give it a shot because everyone's looking for the call of duties. They're looking for, you know, the clash of clans and, um, God of War and all these other different games that are like well-known titles in the gaming community. No one's really taking a chance to really know if, you know, some of these titles that's on Stadia is actually worth playing. And so, yeah, where would Google Stadia go from this point? And there's a plane flying over my apartment complex. (laughs) Um, Only time will tell. I hope Google does not pull the plug on this because they are notorious for killing projects just because they did not get um, what they um, expected out of it. And so that's the thing that, you know, I'm kind of worried about. But at the same time, too, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just hoping that they turn it around. And so if I pick up Stadia and I'm able to use it, I will definitely give feedback on it on my YouTube channel. Definitely there. And I'll probably speak a little bit about it here on the podcast station. But let me know what you guys think. Would you guys try out Google Stadia at this point right now? Or are you waiting for them to update their library of games for something that is, you know, more fitting for you? You guys know how to do your, um, how to leave your responses. You guys definitely can uh, by giving a, you know, an audio feedback. You guys can do that here on Anchor. Um, if you're listening to any different podcast source, just head over to um, to my Instagram and you guys could message me there. So that's uh, pretty much it for today's uh, podcast episode. Let me know what you guys think on any of these subjects. You guys can hit me up on Instagram. You guys can private DM me on there. Uh, we'll love to know your guys' feedback. And yeah, you guys will catch me in the next episode. And as always, aloha.